Chao. What do you want? It's a podcast to you. Gotta talk about Giallo movies just for you. The only thing I'd like, I'd really like, is to meet you face to face. It'll happen sooner or later, but you don't have to recognize us. Thanks. However, you disappoint me, duck. You throw a challenge my way. I almost forgot the most important part. We go by Creep, Creeperson, and Chris. And this is Chow Chow Chow. Got it. The harbor, a phone booth sitting right near Pier 11. I'll get out the APB. Move, you bastard. Chow Chow, everybody, and welcome to Jalo Chow Chow, episode number Spasmo. <laughs> That's a great number. Yes. The best number ever. How are you? Me, personally, I'm great. Um, but here's the thing. We're, we're back on the live video thing here. Um, I was bored at work. I, how, many, how many stories on this podcast has started with the words, I was bored at work? Um, or my crappy Mac. Or oh yeah, and my, oh yeah, my Mac crashed. Don't forget that one. Yeah. Um, so I was bored at work, and I said, "There's got to be a way." And Creep and I were back and forth with chatting and figuring out how to use twi- um, Twitch, Twitch.tv, and OBS, and I forget what the other freaking thing was. Um, and it turns out that um, although Google Hangouts really doesn't have a page anymore. It's now called YouTube Live. If you go to YouTube Live and create a new event and you say, I want to create a quick event, um, it will use Hangouts. So here we are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now it says we have zero viewers, so I don't know if we scared someone off or if it's not working. But I did take the link that I posted to the group page and put it in my browser, and I saw uh, our broadcast. That wasn't actually the live calling thing. So it should be working. So, um, yeah. So remember last time you were like, is that real? And I'm like, no, but now it's real. What's real. Are you, are you looking at the screen? Oh, let me look at the screen. What's wrong oh, with you on the screen? You got it. Yeah, I got it. Oh my gosh. So I can't really show it to you. There we go. You did it. 
Yeah, I did it, man. <laughs> I had to do it. You know, I was, I had auditioned that. It's basically like a, um, it's basically supposed to be super dad and not Superman. Um, but nobody really needs to know that. It's just the Superman logo. But um, this is going to be one of those stories that ends in, oh, so let me see if I can find the sound effect for that. Wait. Uh, I don't know that so they have. Basically, DC is going to sue you for now. Well, now they are. Copyrighted image. Now they are. I don't think there is a, a, an aw. So, anyway, um, my five year old came home, daughter came home from a birthday party. And if you're familiar with little kids' birthday parties, they come home with goodie bags. And um, she had a goodie bag, and in it was like all of these little wristbands, those rubber wristbands that you wear, like for breast cancer or for cancer awareness or whatever. So this one was blue, and it said, <laughs> "Thanks, thanks a lot." <laughs> I didn't even get that far yet. Okay, uh, so this one was blue, and it said "Superman" on it. And she handed it. To me. <laughs> Fuck you. So she handed it to me, and she goes, "Here, Dad, you can be Superman." And then, this is where I would cue the ah, but instead we'll just do. <laughs> Hello, come in, come on in. Who's here? Yeah, yesterday was National Margarita Day. Did you know that? That was a really good story. No, I didn't know that. So I decided that um, you know I would wear that that little rubber band around my wrist to remind me that she told me I could be Superman and to remember to inspire me to be Superman, and then eventually that. It wore off and it broke, and I started um, getting temporary tattoos that had the Superman logo on them and wearing them on my arm to get used to the idea of having that there for the rest of my life. And I think the last time we... What was that one? Oh, okay. It's the uh, comedy tragedy insignia. How about the gong? We need that one. Yeah. So, anyway, um, last time we did a pot... <laughs> You want me to end the story or what? Hey, no, I just started messing around. That's what you used to do. Isn't it funny? Have you ever noticed that everyone says, long story short, after they tell a long story? Yeah. Everyone. Did you ever see somebody say, hey, by the way, long story short, I woke up in someone else's bedroom. Long story short, she was there. The blood's not mine. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think the last podcast we did, I had that on my arm, but it was just a temporary. Yeah, we were like, hey, is that real, dude? When um, we started the show right now, I just figured it was still the temporary tattoo. I didn't even think about it. You thought that I had this temporary tattoo on my arm for three and a half weeks and it didn't wash it off. Maybe you had multiples. More of, of them. Yeah. More of them, yes. So, hey, um, my T-shirt says it's 7 a.m., uh, somewhere. I thought it was going to say 7 a.m. abs. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm not showing you my abs because I don't have any. They're covered with a big layer of fat. But yeah, that's this is, this is my coffee uh, achiever shirt. Although I'm drinking bourbon. So. What does that say? Asteroids? Nice. Asteroids. Asteroids. Dum, 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 dum. I thought I thought of you when I saw the pinball machine in this movie tonight. Yep. I think it's just a straight up billiards pinball game. They didn't really show like a um. They, did they really? They didn't show like a a full kind of 
a full shot of it, right? They just kept using No, but they it. showed the back glass. And, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's billiards. Nice. So. Well, anywho, hi, everybody. That's me. Um, what else can I tell you about me and what I'm, what's, what's up with me? Anything. I don't think anything. Um, I have to say that out of all of the films that we have covered so far in doing this podcast, this week is the one that I am least prepared for out of all of them. What I, a dick. I, I, You're I, the I, one who's like, hey, are we doing the show this week? I know. I wanted to get it done. And then <laughs> I, had, I had every intention of watching it last night, and I fell asleep. And then I had every intention of watching it today, but I watched a couple of episodes of The Sopranos <laughs> instead. Oh, man. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, really. I, I started binging Sopranos about, I would say, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two is months ago. Your, is this your first watch of it? No, this is oh. probably my third or fourth time through. Yeah. But I, um, I, I would, I rewatched the series a couple of times before it was over. So I like, I watched up to season four, and then had the DVDs and watched them again. So I really never watched it from from episode one all the way to the last of season six B. And I'm just on the third episode of season six B, and uh, so much stuff that you miss the first time. There's so many characters. There's so many, you know. Uh, second storylines and and shh, the writing in that show unbelievable yeah. everything everything about that show is unbelievable but anyway that has nothing to do with Jallo um, Jallo Jale 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 so what about you what's up with you how's your how's your how are your bones and your vertebra amazing not I amazing had, no I had a rough day a couple days ago. But I'm seeing a surgeon three times next month. So that should be fun. For three surgeries? Um, I know I'm getting one surgery on the 1st. And then on the 14th and the 29th, I don't know what I'm seeing them for. But they're all for different parts of my body. So, Mm. um, Wow. Yeah. Is it still snowy and icy where you are? No, but we're supposed to get a storm this weekend. So who? Wow, because it has turned early spring around here in Philadelphia. I mean, we've had um, five or six days in a row that were fifty or higher. So you lucky bastard! It's been great. Good for you, jerk. Thanks. Uh, no problem. <laughs> so, um, other than that, everything's pretty chill. So yeah. Um, wait, there was a new Blu-ray release, right? Was that for Phenomenon? I don't know. I remember seeing um, info on Amok a while back, but did we talk about that last time? I forget. Yeah, we did. But I thought I saw a steel box of Phenomenon or something like that. Phenomenon. Jennifer Connolly before she was famous. Dude, Argento really missed something there, man. Well, you know, Arge- if you if you, you inter- could have had this it. awesome scene where they're like, "Madonna." <laughs> oh yeah, are you talking about that? I thought you were talking about Jennifer Connolly and her ass to ass eventual. Eventually, ah, never mind. Dude, you are such a spoiler. Never mind. I, I didn't spoil anything. I just said ass to ass. 
Don't Google it. You'll never find that scene, I swear. <laughs> we won't tell you what movie <laughs> that's the end of. But that was, um. there's an interview with Argento. I forget. I think it was about Phenomena. But also because <laughs> it was about Creepers. And uh, There you go. I don't know if he was if he was commenting on so so Argento correct me if I'm wrong but Argento wrote the screenplay or contributed to the screenplay for Once Upon a Time in the West which was a spaghetti western by Sergio Leone I thought you might be right I thought he just did like assistant directing or something like that like second unit shit Well but and I know I know that immediately right. after not immediately after, but um, sometime after that movie, Leone did Once Upon a Time in America with, um, I think Robert De Niro was in that. And also a very young Jennifer Connelly, who I think has a nude scene. Excuse me? I mean, she was clearly like over the age of whatever it was, but... I remember Argento either commenting on somebody must have asked him about um, Jennifer Connelly and Creepers, and he said that he saw her in this movie, um, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in America, and thought she was very pretty, and decided to put her in uh, his film Creepers or Phenomena. Do, 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 do. And. Um, and then he made some sort of comment about how she doesn't look good anymore. Like when she got to be famous, she lost her looks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like the the years when she was in the movie we just referenced, which we won't say, and uh, the career one career opportunities, career well, no career opportunities. She was still young, but like when she was in um, House of Sand and Fog, and um, what was the other one? The the one that she won the Academy Award for. Um, Beautiful mind. Yeah, she was absolutely gorgeous then, and now she's she got she was kind of bony. Now she's super skinny, and it looks terrible. She looks terrible. Like she she had some some thickness to her back then. Career then, opportunities. Yeah, well, career, isn't career opportunities the one where she's like riding on some sort of like coin operated horse that you see outside the grocery store and her they're locked like, in it yeah they're locked in a grocery store with um robbers it's like home alone but in a grocery store <laughs> it was a very yeah. good movie for my um teenage um hormones right yeah, according to IMDb, it says the credit is from a story by Dario Argento in Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm. So, anywho. Um, but yes. <laughs> but I think this steel book thing that you're talking about, um, I'm going to look on our site to see if anybody posted anything about it. Um Hello. Hey. Hello. Jello Chow Chow here. <laughs> Any requests? Oh, wait. Let me go back and see if anybody's chatting with us. No. We have two viewers. I don't know who they are. If Sanders is there, I have to um, disappoint I have to. <laughs> I have to disappoint him in saying that I'm not drinking any craft beer. I did have a, I guess it was a fat tire 
um, tangerine IPA earlier this this evening with dinner, but now I'm drinking Basil Hayden's uh, single barrel bourbon, and it's delicious. I'm drinking brandy in my coffee. Mm, that's also very delicious. It's very upper class trash. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, Depends on what level of brandy you're at. Is it a VSOP? It is a VSOP, but there it's but it's E and J, so it's like ooh. But anyway, I was um, in Atlantic City like a week and a half ago, and I went into this one bar, and they have one of those. I guess it's cognac, not brandy. Yeah. They have this one cognac that they charge, I think, two hundred dollars for an ounce pour of it. Is it Louis the Thirteenth? Yeah, it's like one of those Louis things yeah. with like a big circle with a crown yeah. on top of it. What's the deal with that? Is it really that delicious, or have it? Um, that and the bottles made out of crystal. Mm. Um, but well, you're not paying for the bottle in the bar. No, you're not. But they had to get it. But it is really, really old. But all cognac is is brandy that was made in cognac, France. Oh, okay. It's like Bordeaux. Or like champagne, like right. champagne made outside of a champagne is sparkling wine. Sparkling wine, right. And and All Cabernet and Merlot mixed together outside of Bordeaux is called Cabernet Merlot mixed together. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it anything if you're in California. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're very cultured. You guys and learned something today. Many things they've learned. And we haven't even started talking about Jallo. I have to also say that I'm really ashamed at the fact that we've done a few podcasts now that were audio only, and I forgot how fucking messy the back of my room is when I broadcast. <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ! Like I have, I have not. Like I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of stuff around the house, but I have not gotten back to this room yet, and um, it is in bad shape, man. I have to tell that you, that is hysterical. But I've been playing my guitar a lot more lately and i bought one of these things called a vox uh what the hell is it called uh amp something <laughs> it's a little thing about this big uh -huh. it looks like a tiny version of a vox amp that plugs into your guitar and then it has a headphone jack and it has a tone and a volume and a gain dial dialers on it and it's got some effects and um so you can basically take any electric guitar, plug this thing in, plug your headphones in, and then walk around and play without making any noise. And it's got an auxiliary input, so you can plug in your iPhone or whatever your music device is and and um, feed that sound through the Vox thing to your headphones so you can play along with uh, music, like if you're practicing to learn something. So I ordered one of those, and it should be here on Saturday. So I'm excited. Oh, you don't even have it yet? I thought you were going to tell us some awesome story about how you were jamming around the house like a lunatic. Nope. Oh, you're just shopping. I just I do have one of those tiny Marshall stacks. I have one of those, too. Yeah. Where the hell do I have it? It's got to be around here somewhere. That's so funny. It's awesome. You, you, it's got a belt clip. You, you clip it to your yeah. belt and walk around the house. But uh, Hell, yeah. Yeah. That's so how you, That's how you did it. That's how I did it. That's how we all should Back do it. In the old days. But yeah. So um, considering my uh, already ad admission, admission? Is that the right word? No, that's what you do when you try to get into something. 
You're admitting. My admitting that it is um, admission, but that's okay. <laughs> See, there you go. It's my just spelled admi- different, maybe. Ad- admission, admonishment. No, uh, oh, that I did sake. not prepare very much for this. In fact, I, I prepared doubly. Good, so. good. Like within the last, say, three minutes before we started recording, I watched the end of the film. So, um, but you did watch the whole movie. I did get through the whole movie, um, and um, it wasn't hard to get through. I was just distracted. I, I really want to go back and watch it again because the parts that I really paid attention to were good, um, but I don't have a good feeling about it. And in fact, um, we're going to use the episode tonight to do a live scoring of the film because I never finished nice. scoring it. I know. I mean, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? I'm Superman. I'm super dad. Why can't I do this? Right? You need to be super chow chow so you could get all that done. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to turn the reins over to you and uh, you can start talking about this awesome movie by Umberto Lenzi. Umberto Lenzi, the man who created everything. <laughs> uh, now, this movie, Spasmo. a bunch of different titles that's the one thing i did not check out it doesn't um it doesn't doesn't. it has one title one title only okay perfect Mm -hmm. um this is a 1974 film by mr Lindsay, um and it is let's not ruin it i'll just give you a animated buzzed play-by-play Like the movie opens and it's really fucking dark. Okay. This is going to take about an hour and a half. So just sit back. So yeah, that's how dark it is. And this dude and this chick are on a motorcycle and they come up to this weird little place by the beach. Um, I guess where people go to screw and they see some dude sitting in a car. So what you would normally do in a dark thing like that is run up to the car and stick your head in the window and say, hey, yo, you got a light? <laughs> you don't see who it is. He lights the dude's cigarette, and then him and his chick go by some like weird ruins or something and start making out and going at it kind of heavy. And then we see like legs swinging in the background. It's totally scary. And then the girl, after she's sucking this dude's face, sees it and starts screaming. The guy runs over and pulls the lady down, and it turns out that she's a doll, a life-size fake woman Whoa. who has been brutally maimed. Then it's the next day. Okay. This so, is the spot where I'm going to go in and post-production and throw some soundtracks in. 
Nice. So then our um, hero-ish kind of dude, Christian, with a really snazzy fake beard, pulls up to the oh, beach. Can I just say now that I gotta see now that you mentioned that, I have to say that one of the things that happened to me is that I thought I was watching Scott Weiland in this movie, the guy from Stone Temple Pilots who's not alive anymore. It looks he looks just it looked just like him with the beard. Once he got rid of the beard, I'm like, okay, Scott Weiland's not in the movie anymore. It was a very weird beard. Yeah, it's not a, is that a Fu Manchu song? Weird beard. I don't know. I think it was a fake beard, though. But anyway, him and his girlfriend, um, they stop at a beach, and it's the same beach where him and his brother saw a dog get strangled, which is weird enough as it is. And his <laughs> girlfriend's taking pictures. Yeah, I was like, hey, why do you like it here? Well, <laughs> dog gets strangled here. It was a nasty picture. Um, <laughs> so she's, like, taking pictures, and then she sees this body down by the beach. Now, the body looks just like one of these dolls. Mm -hmm. They run down there, and the guy rolls her over, and it's Susie Kendall from Torso and Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Who knew? In this movie, her name's Barbara, and she's like, hey, what the fuck? Why are you touching me? And he's like, I thought you were dead. And she's like, well, why the hell would I be dead? I'm just laying face down on the beach. And he's like, well, you see <laughs> There, we were tell, I was telling her this story about a dog that got strangled here. And she's like, oh, so it was just like suggestive in her mind. And they had this weird story. And then he's like, you know what? You need, you need a double scotch. And he's like, hey, bitch, run up to the car and get my scotch. And then she's like, yeah, I better. Because you wouldn't want to leave two girls alone. And I'm like, huh? And so she runs up to the car because apparently there was going to be some hardcore lesbo action if he would have went to the car. Right. They didn't want that to happen that early no, in the movie. Not at all. Right. And then um, his girlfriend um, couldn't find the scotch in a car the size of a thumbtack. So he had to like <laughs> run back up there to help her. And uh, three steps away, he hears the car peeling out and he turns around and she's gone. The blonde here. Barbara, she's gone. But she left her fancy schmancy thermos that said like... <laughs> Parankata, <laughs> and they're like, "That's such a weird name." And Fakey McBeardy's like, "Hmm." And then the next scene, we find out that the Terekatini or whatever it's called <laughs> is a yacht, and he but just she's... happens to know where it is. And she say something about, "Is it a is is it is it a bird or is it a vehicle?" Or I forget what she said. Didn't she say something like that? I don't know, but her character is not in very many scenes and all of her dialogue is shit. <laughs> it's like the most awkward stuff. So now they're on this boat. We see Barbara and the guy's name who owns the boat is something simple. I think it's Mark. Let's say it's Mark. So beardy Christian and his first girlfriend are also on the boat. And then Mark, if that's his real name, um, goes up to him. He's like, hey, every time you look at my wife, I feel like you guys did something or know each other. Were they married? I never, I didn't really get that. No, they were just, she was, the way I got it is that Barbara was kind of using him for his money and all that other shit. She was his name, was his like, name Luca? I don't think so. Was it Alex? Alex. Alex, okay. <clears throat> Alex is correct. 
So um, then uh, Christian's girlfriend comes up and says something weird like, oh my gosh, I need some aspirin because I'm pregnant. Or something like weird like that. She said something about being pregnant or something. Oh no, she was not. She said, I'm not pregnant. That's what it was. She said, I need an, should I, I have a headache. I need an aspirin. Aren't you glad? Because that means I'm not pregnant. Oh, is that what she said? Yeah, but I don't yeah. know why that means that. I guess yeah, like that's a headache from our Menzies. This is like another one of the reasons why I love bad dubs. Oh, yeah. Get lines like that that probably weren't even in the movie. Well, that's what I was going to ask because, I mean, hearing you go through the beginning scenes and remembering all of that dialogue, I have to wonder if, who wrote it and if Lindsay had anything to do with the way that it comes through in the translation or if it was just, I mean, like, Lindsay doesn't. When, when well, here's, like, here's the first thing about this movie. Um, Umberto Lindsay wasn't supposed to make this movie. This was supposed to be a Fulci film. Oh, okay. And Lindsay came in at the last minute. And when we're done with all this, I'll tell you what his major contribution to the story was. Okay, very good. But anyway. I'm glad so, I asked the, the probing questions. Oh, probe it, baby. So then this doctor says, I got you all beat. I drive a brown probe. No? Okay, it was a joke about <laughs> cars. And uh, Ass, was on the office um, when they were at Chili's. A brown probe. I Never mind. Okay, so anyway. <clears throat> so I swear to God, I thought we were talking about another line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Barbara comes up. Doctor. She's like, hey, I don't even want to be here anymore. Let's go. And then it like does one of those awesome things where it like zooms up on her face Ugh. and then it zooms out and we're at nighttime inside a car Ugh. and the conversation is still going. Yes. So um, I noticed that too. I'm like, wait, wait a these wonderful tropes. Did they, did they, did they, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to believe that they paused in mid sentence waited until it got nighttime and moved to a different location and then came back to the same conversation. If you remember black belly of the tarantula did this to the nth degree, like they were at 17 different locations during one conversation. Yes. Epic. So anyway, they're like making out and she's like, Hey, do you want to go back to my motel? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well I need you to shave your beard off first because I don't like like furry stuff on my face. And he's like, well, I could just have you right now. And she's like, well, you could, but I want you to come back to my motel and shave your face because I have a razor and it's sharp. And he's like, ha, 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 you play games. And then they go <laughs> to her motel, which is actually the coolest location, I think, in the whole fucking movie. But so um, she gives him the shitty electric razor and some scissors. And while he's like cutting his face hair, she takes off her clothes and has a little nighty on and then is like posing all weird in front of a mirror. And so he's like doing his thing, shaving his face. And she's like, Hey, can you shut the door for no reason? And he's like, yeah, I'll shut it. Yeah. He, it, she didn't want him to see her, even though they were going to have sex. I and mean, didn't he say something about her being a hooker? And didn't, oh, she, yeah. didn't she confirm that she was some sort of prostitute or something? No, 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 no. He said something. Oh, what's the line? He, but basically, he calls her a hooker, and she giggled. 
Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so he's shaving his face and he hears some noise. He looks out the window and gets fucking karate chopped in the fucking throat. <laughs> and then this dude comes flying through the bathroom window with a pistol with a silencer on it. They're fighting. Actually, Christian's not fighting. He's getting his ass kicked. But then the guy in the red shirt and black jacket looks through the door and sees um, Barbara all half naked on the bed. He's like, ooh, I like that. And then Christian grabs his gun. He's like, you know what, fucker? Bow! He doesn't say anything like that, but shoots him in the stomach. And then the guy falls down, and he's like, oh, hey, Barbara, I know we're about to bang and everything, but I just killed a man in the bathroom, and you probably shouldn't look at it, but I'm serious. As you can see, my shirt's untucked now. Um, We had a (laughs) scuffle, and here's the gun. So she's like, we should probably just go. And he's like, yeah, you're right. So then they leave. And then he's like, oh, shit. Like always, before I shave, I take off my necklace and I left it at the place. I have to go back and get it. And Alex is here now because they're on Alex's yacht. And he's like, yeah, beat it because I'm going to Monte Carlo with Barbara. So one of those things. So he goes back to get his necklace. And guess what? The body's gone. The gun's gone. But the blood's still there. So now he's like freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. He drives to a gas station, trying to get a hold of his brother, um, Fritz. <clears throat> and um, he can't get a hold of his brother. He gets back in the car, and boom, Barbara's right there. She's like, hey, I left because I thought Alex was a cock, and now I want to come with you and help you. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what to do because the body's gone, so that means he's probably still after us. And she's like, oh, I just happen to know this Brazilian painter who's in Brazil right now, but her house is right up the road. And they're like, okay, let's go there. So then they go there and they think they're all alone. Um, And then this is awesome. She's trying to open this little gate and she's like, do you have a car, Jack? And then the next scene is her breaking this giant window. That's totally not where the gate was with this car, Jack. So that was pretty funny. Um, So they're in this house that has all of these birds of prey stuffed and in cages, which is really weird. And um, then the lights go out and they freak out and they go check the garage because Susie or Barbara looked everywhere to try to find the fuse box, except the garage. So (laughs) they go to the garage and then this little tiny man and this super hot chick come in and they're like, ah, and he's like, what are you doing here? We have rented this house and she doesn't say anything. And then the next scene they're walking in the house and he's like, you should have said you were a friend of the owner. Everything would have been kosher at that point. And she's like, I don't know what came over me. <clears throat> so then. Did you really think that that other girl was super hot? I mean, there was something weird about the way that there she was like, her definitely eyes, something weird about her face. Her, her eyes were absolutely mesmerizing and she had a really nice looking mouth. But whenever you saw a profile shot of her, I was, there was just something like, weird. She looked like a fucking alien. And you know I, where it was? If you put her next to Susie Kendall, because by this point, there had been, what, four years since Bird with the Crystal Plumage? And in those four years, Susie Kendall aged horribly. Yeah, she hit the wall, man. I mean, there yeah, are even there were certain... She looks like shit. Yeah, I mean, there were certain scenes with Susie Kendall where she... I don't remember her having such a hard-looking face yeah. in Bird, but she clearly... You know, there's certain scenes where it. You, have you have you ever heard of the? I don't know. If I'm dating myself, but in the old, 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 maybe even first season of Saturday Night Live, there was.
there was a character that Gilda Radner played called Rosanna Rosanna Dana. And she had this gigantic hair. Like it was this Afro curly, gigantic stink stick up hair. And there's, there's, I forget where I heard this, but it's the Rosanna Rosanna Dana test. So if you take a girl who looks hot and it might just be because her hair is fantastic. You take Rosanna Rosanna Dana's hair and you put it on her face. And if she still looks hot, then she really is hot. But if she looks terrible, then it's just the hair. Has anyone ever heard that? I all have two, not. All two of the viewers that haven't chatted. Um, and I, I don't think that Susie Kendall in Spasmo would have passed that test. Because um, her hair is fantastic. I but, think if you put some weird wig on her, she could have passed as like an older man. Yeah. But there well, were there were some scenes where some when scenes she was lit when she was lit properly, she looked good, and there were other scenes where she didn't. So Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna just play by play this whole thing, even though I want to, because it's a totally <laughs> fun movie. Um, but basically, um getting into spoiler territory here. Um the guy who he tried to kill or who he killed in the bathroom wasn't really dead. And there's this awesome scene where he's driving his car and he thinks he hears something in the trunk and he opens the trunk and it's the guy he killed in the bathroom who's dead in the trunk and he freaks out. But then it turns out the guy's not dead in the trunk and his hand comes up over his shoulder and he's like, (gasps) the guy's like, this time the gun's got bullets in it and not blanks. <laughs> Get in the car and drive. <clears throat> I remember him saying Palooka. He did it. That's from Pulp Fiction. And then he was going to drive him I off your this awesome cliff. <laughs> <laughs> There's this awesome cliff that's just like... Oh, that cliff's amazing. Wrong. And he's like, okay, so basically what's going to happen right now is I'm going to get out of the car and push you off the cliff. And then he gets out of the car, and then Christian's like, wait a second, fuck that. I'll put it in reverse and run him over. So he runs him over a couple times and then decides to wear the guy's outfit that he ran him over in and put his clothes on the body and then cover the body in gasoline and push the car off the cliff so it goes up in flames and burns his clothes. So why the fuck did he change his clothes? That's my big question. So anyway, <clears throat> there's this, a lot of there's a lot of like weird stuff. Like but this is this is where the part that I think was just really well thought out. He sneaks into the company that his brother owns because he saw Susie with this guy who he thought was spying on him. They went to the factory. He goes to the factory and sees that they're in the office with his brother. So he's hiding and he pushes this intercom button so he could hear what they're saying. And basically what they were trying to do, Susie was involved in it, Barbara, all the people at the house, the killer guy, everybody, everybody was involved. And what they were trying to do was make him go crazy. And you assume it's because then if that guy goes crazy, then the brother, played by the amazing Ivan Razumov, would uh, yes. get control of the company. Isaac Asimov. <clears throat> Isaac Asimov. <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? Every time I saw him, I'm like, that's Isaac Asimov. Wait, that's not him. He's the guy who wrote all those books about robots. Yeah. Okay. 
So that bit, and at this point, Barbara's really pissed because she didn't want him to die because she fell in love with him while all this shit was going on or whatever. And so now he's freaking out because he knows his brother was trying to kill him. Okay. La da 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 da, whatever. So he's like running away, running away, running away. Um, he ends up going by his ex girlfriend, the chick from the beginning of the movie. He ends up getting a ride from some chick on this strip where there's a bunch of prostitutes by a campfire. Um, he just makes his rounds and he finally gets to where Barbara is and he waits for Alex to leave because Alex was about to take Barbara out of the country and he shows up after Alex goes and she screams and freaks out because she thinks he's dead. And then he's like, Oh baby, um, I don't care that Alex is coming. Let's finally do it right now. Because if you've been keeping track, he still has not banged this girl. Yeah. This whole time, this whole time, this whole time. So things are getting hot and heavy. He's about to do it. And then he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to fucking strangle your ass. So he strangles her, leaves the gun. She's dead. Alex shows up and he's like, come on, bitch, shoot me. I just strangled your girlfriend. He shoots him. Then we find out that it wasn't necessarily just to gain control of the company. Ivan Rosimov got a letter saying, that your grandfather's disease um, was passed on to your father and is going to be passed on to Christian. If you need to admit him into this hospital by September 30th. And then he looks at the calendar and it's September 30th. So according to this calendar and this letter from the doctor on September 30th, his brain is going to snap completely. And he's going to turn into a homicidal. He's going to turn into a homicidal maniac. So, Dude's dead now. He gets up. He walks into his weird closet room. And you see all of these naked and scantily clad dummies. Like big giant life-size dolls that we see throughout the whole movie. Being stabbed and hung in various places. And Ivan Rosimov starts stabbing one of these dolls. And he keeps hearing in his head, it's hereditary. It's hereditary. So basically, the version, the version I had was it's hereditary. It's hereditary. I'm sorry. Did I, <laughs> no, the but, guy, the guy, the guy who dubbed in that that voiceover for the English doctor, it's, he was saying hereditary instead of hereditary. So, and was it like just him saying it over and over again, or was it the same bit looped? No, he was saying it's hereditary. Yeah, it's hereditary. It's hereditary instead of, instead of hereditary. Right. Now, no one's going to know the right way to say that word, so that's fine. But the thing that's so cool about this movie here is that Ivan, he is already a homicidal maniac, and he knows this. So the way he fixes it is that he has these life-size dolls, and he kills them. And then, like, leaves them out in the road or hung by a tree or whatever. And that's how he quenches his craving so at the end of the day he wasn't the bad guy he was just trying to protect his brother by getting him to go into a hospital but 
he ended up being a homicidal maniac. And here's why. Because not only did he kill Susie Kendall, he killed his girlfriend. He killed the girl in the car. And he killed the girl who me and Chris were talking about was kind of cute, but her eyes were kind of far apart. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Now, in the American version of this movie, mm-hmm. the distributors thought that American audiences would have a hard time understanding that Christian was the one who killed these girls. Mm. So they had George Romero shoot another 10 minutes of footage that actually showed him killing these girls. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And the little tidbit that Umberto Lindsay added to this film was the dolls. Hmm which I think is probably one of the coolest motifs of this whole film. So that's the only thing that he had to do with the writing. Yeah. And the rest of it was written by was, was, was Fulci the one who wrote the story? I don't think Fulci wrote it, but Fulci was supposed to direct it. Right. But, um, but yeah, but the thing about this movie, like, because you keep seeing these bodies and you don't really know why. Right. And at one point, I thought I heard the guy say he finds girls and then covers them in latex and then kills them. But there was never any other proof of that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't remember that part. That's what the, uh, not Maurice, but the, the little old man said that his cop friend took him out to dinner and said... Blotty, blotty, blah. Hmm. I don't. I confess. I mean, I'll have to look back attention that. during that scene. But it's just—it's a neat story. It's one of those fun ones where you obviously don't know who the killer is, and because we're seeing the movie through basically the eyes of Christian, um, we don't know exactly what's going on until. Christian allows us in, but then we still don't know what's going on until like triple twist. Um, Ivan reads the letter and looks at the calendar and then goes stab happy on his right. naked dolls. And I thought the dolls looked really good. Uh huh. Well, the cool thing about the dolls was that, and I've seen enough of these films to think that they just had a really bad dummy that they used for a real dead body. Cause like, if you remember, I think it was, what have they done to their, what have they done to your daughters? There was an opening scene where they find this girl dead and she really looked like, I mean, it was a dummy. You could tell it was a dummy. Yeah. So I'm thinking in the beginning of this, I'm like, when they find the first dummy, excuse me for yawning. It's late out here. Uh, when they find the first dummy, um, I didn't remember that there were dummies. I'm like, is this supposed to be a real corpse that just has a terrible has a terrible budget for the film? And but no, that was well, good. The guy, the guy screams, "It's a doll!" Yeah, <laughs> he did because I would have thought the same thing. Like that's the shittiest body I've ever seen. But like he squeezes the face, and they're like squeezable. They're not like hard mannequins. Right. So um, that was pretty cool. Like a real doll. I don't think they were that developed. <laughs> <but no. laughs> well, um, 
I had a couple of tidbits that I wanted to throw in with regard to things that I noticed. And again, there was a lot more to notice that I did not notice because I wasn't paying attention. But um, first of all, uh, unfortunately, because I had to watch this film uh, on the run, as it were, or at work or on the train, uh, I watched the YouTube copy. Um, <clears throat> and they did something with the YouTube copy to intentionally turn off or turn down the Morricone soundtrack. Um, anytime, because basically if you watch the YouTube copy that's out there that I linked to on the, on the fan page or on the group, uh, the group page. Yeah, I took a look at that too. The sound for the dialogue is fine. It comes through perfectly clear. But then as soon as the music starts, it goes, it fades out. And then if there are some scenes where the music is the only thing in the soundtrack, it's actually turned completely off. Like it's completely yeah, silent. And I, I'm assuming that's because YouTube has these algorithms now that can detect uh, music in your background of your video and determine whether it's copyrighted or not. Um, I don't know why, because there's so many friggin' uh, Jalo films on YouTube with yeah. with soundtracks. I don't know why they did that, but that seems to be what they did. So I missed out on that dimension of the film. Um, and from what I heard, it sounded pretty cool. I mean, it's your typical Morricone soundtrack, which is you know just kind of atmospheric soundscapes. But I think there were a couple of times in there where there are some themes that he wrote for the film. So um, the other thing that I wanted to say was there's an awesome, awesome scene. And when I first watched it, I thought it was fake. I thought that they did something like, you remember the, remember the scene in um, Five Dolls for an August Moon where um, I think there's like a, a wide shot of that house on the hill. And it's like painted on glass. Yeah, whatever. it's not yeah. real. So I thought that maybe they did this with the scene. There's a scene where they're in the tower and Barbara and Christian are standing kind of facing each other at a window and the camera is behind, you know, is, is back filming them like this. And all of a sudden there's this huge panoramic shot of the, the water um, and the rocks and, and the, the landscape, the water landscape in front of them or in front of us as the viewer. And all of a sudden, the camera starts to zoom out and you see a speedboat go by and then stop uh, and start staring at them. And I thought that was really well done for some reason. I was, it's like, it really popped out. I was yeah. like, well, this, this looks like, uh, like something Hitchcock would try to do where he, you know, like, I don't know how difficult it is to light something like that. Um, especially now, I mean, especially back then when there were no computers and post-production that you couldn't do. I mean, it's like you've got this camera that's indoors um, and it's trying to light the actors. And I would assume that on the other side of this window, they would have to, they, they wouldn't be able to light it the same way in order to get this, get that clarity of the, of the water. But I mean, maybe I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so happy. You would assume that it would be like completely washed out. Right. That's what I thought. Or, but I think if you go back and watch that, yeah. it's so well done. It's like yeah, fantastic. It um, so that was that. And then uh, there was something else that I, I remembered now. And I can't remember what it was that I wanted to bring up that I remember seeing. But um, oh well. Um, I remember. Uh, 
a uh, interview with Lindsay, and I'm trying to remember. It was on a DVD. It was like extra for a DVD for a Lindsay film, and it was one of the old ones. Um, but they interviewed him, and he started talking about spasmo, and he was. It was this interview where he said that you know Argento got the idea to do Bird with the Crystal Plumage after he saw. Lindsay's first three Jalo films. Um, and he said, and now I'm working on reinventing the genre again with Spasmo because Spasmo uh, is a whole new cake take on the idea of the mystery and something, something. And um, so despite the fact that as, as you know, you're, you're attesting basically that Lindsay had very little to do with the story, but Lindsay seemed to be, in this interview, touting the idea that um, this was such an original idea by him because he's reinventing the genre again. So, well, I'm curious to find out like how much of because when you think about like the idea of the story, it sounds a lot more like a Fulci film than it would be a Lenzi film, right? Like with just like the whole like we're going to try to drive you crazy until you do something stupid. But then, like, the twist on top of that with, like, the brother already being that far gone, but he found a way to cope. Right. You know? So, I, I mean, it's very M. Night Shyamalan, like, twist. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the first couple of, of Lindsay films were sort of like that, where it really wasn't about the stalk and slash. It was more about the psychological you know, we're going to try to drive you crazy, especially like that Carol Baker film, the first one, the orgasmo okay. film, <laughs> you know, those two guys, those two yeah. people with that, that music and they're trying to make her crazy. And she eventually jumps off the, the roof. Yeah. Never, uh, oh, never mind. That didn't happen. I didn't say no, that. but uh, I mean, that's good. I mean, and that is a good point because even in, um, knife of ice, like she was kind of, bat shit but she didn't talk so that was fun right um but but yeah i see what you mean but like i i am really curious as to how much input he had on it or if the reason why he said i'm reinventing the genre is because after the twist there's another twist right like if he thought like his like doll twist was going to be the thing that really hammered it home. Well, the, and if you remember, I mean, there are a couple of um, uh, Sergio Martino films. I'm thinking specifically of the strange vice that have some extra twists at the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That movie just kept going. It was, yeah. the, it was the movie that was never going to let you off the hook. It's like the return of the King for the Jalo films. Yeah, except the last 20 minutes was interesting. In which movie? In Miss Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, halfway through Return of the King, I was like, cool, that's, that's the story's over. I'm done. This is a good ending right here. Right. But then it just kept going. Well, when I, when I, I saw that film in the theater, and there were a few times when people started to get up, like, like it really did feel like the movie was over. And then, oh wait, let me sit back down. There's more, you know. 
oh, wait, we got to, like, say goodbye to everybody. And by the way, there's 270 characters in this movie. <laughs> so hang tight. Everyone's going to have a sad goodbye. And apparently <clears throat> they left out a whole thing where Saruman uh, comes back and goes back to the Shire and starts some sort of a war or something, and the hobbits have to fight against Saruman. I never read that part in the end of the book because I don't remember reading any of them very well, but they didn't it's a giant put any book. In. Yeah, it's big. <clears throat> yeah, they just had a big happy picnic. Yep. In the movie. Yeah, well, you do what I'm you got. I'm trying to think of what other notes that I had for the film, but <clears throat> I didn't jot them down. So I'm just trying to run through, excuse me, the film. And was it about the cliff? No, it wasn't about was the cliff. About the hooker? Was the it cliff was cool, though. I mean, clearly, you know. It was a man-made, like, quarry or something like that. Yeah. But that I was think, like. I think Lindsay really was, like, excited about the fact that he was going to throw a car off the cliff and blow it up, you know. Yeah. Because they, they wanted it. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what you live for. Yeah. As a director. Uh, but what else? Was it at the castle, the girl in the well? The gardening shears. Who was the girl in the well? The girl that you said had a funny face. Oh, he threw her down in the well, right? Yeah. He like after he killed her. her. Yeah, threw her in the well. All right, well, I think the thing that I would like to do is a live Jalo score um, for this Live Jalo score. Hey, hold, hold on to your balls, everybody. Balls. Or your non-balls for our female viewers we have no female viewers what are you talking about <laughs> there's that one girl who who blogs about um the giallo and fashion who was yeah. on her thing but i don't think she she's she's not a live stream yeah okay so okay, here here's is. my here's the easy ones okay the, okay the director was italian boom it happened during the classic period Boom. The director has more than one giallo. Boom. The soundtrack was Morricone. Boom. There are dolls and dummies. Boom. There is a J&B bottle. Boom. Was there a J&B bottle? I know it was a Punte Mes bottle. Uh, I really don't know. Is it from the boat? Is that what you're talking about? I don't remember, no. I just checked it off because there were so many bottles of booze in this film. I figured it had to be on there somewhere. Okay. Um, dolls and dummies. I said that already, right? Yeah. Um, photography, glamour, modeling, art. Yep. We can check that off. Okay, that's all I got. That's all I got so far. So let's go back. Okay. Um, would you consider that there was some sort of a hidden identity? Yeah, because we didn't know who the guy was who lit the cigarette. Who lit the cigarette? At the very beginning of yes. the Yes. And who was that? Ivan Razumov, Isaac right. Asimov. As, as, as Isaac Asimov, that's right. <laughs> uh, but we also didn't realize that it was Christian who was the killer. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was no black gloves in the film that I remember seeing. Yeah, there were. There were? Yeah, the one that lit the cigarette. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're going to have to go back and look. Yeah, you go back and look, sir. Um, Black-ass gloves. Was anybody, would you consider anybody in the film to be an amateur detective? 
There were no police in this at all. No, not at all. So anyone who was trying to figure anything out was an amateur detective. Right. And that was Christian. Even though he Christian. was he was the murderer. Okay. Yeah. Um what was the motivation? Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> something I thought there was something under my something so, like bit my foot. <laughs> something bit me real bad. What movie is that? That's from Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive, that's right. The woman <laughs> gets shot from the other side. Something bit me real bad. Yeah, shot in the butt when they were trying to move the body. That's classic. The motivation for the killer is psychological trauma. That's easy. Yeah. Um, the killer avoids capture but how i forget how is he killed who kills who kills christian alex he leaves the gun for alex to okay. pick up and then come and shoot him okay so we have a body count of more than three yeah we definitely have a flashback revelation Hell yeah. um do we do where where did this i mean i know we talked about they talked about monte carlo which is in monaco but yeah. where where were they located was this an italian location i don't know I, mean, I assume so. It could have been, but... All right, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. Hey. Was there a mistaken identity? In, in other words, was there a time in the movie when they thought that the killer was somebody that it wasn't? Well, here's the thing. Everyone who Christian met ended up being somebody else. So, like, the girl he killed in the castle was the nurse that was helping his grandfather at the hospital. Right, and but that but that doesn't qualify. It has, to, it has to be specifically related to the killer's identity. Like, the, the, the rule is, at some point in the film, um, the killer is apprehended. Or they think the killer is apprehended. Oh, so you, you're, like, you're basically saying, did someone get arrested who wasn't really the killer? Or at least established as the killer. Yeah, we can't do that one. That one did not help. That now, was, sucks. was there a killer? Was there more than one killer, or was there an accomplice to any of these murders? I mean, we could we could say that that the brother was an accomplice, but he wasn't a killer. He no, didn't I don't think he. I don't even think he was an accomplice. But if you count Alex killing Christian, there was more than one killer. Yeah, but that doesn't count. It has Why? to be it has to be that they team up together oh, or okay. that or that or that basically throughout the film we're still looking to see who the murderer is, but when they explain it so basically what you're saying by. is that Lindsay did set some new rules. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're thinking If you're thinking of um like Bird with the Crystal Plumage, for example. Yeah. When we get to the end, it's explained who killed who? And while while throughout the movie we considered that there was only one killer, they figure out through analyzing the voice tapes that there was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there any nude scenes? I don't remember seeing any boobs. There were a lot of mannequin boobs with yeah, nipples. That doesn't count. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, the girl that he threw in the well. He oh, ripped her shirt open. Okay, that's right. Boom, boob. Um, would we consider? the people in the film besides Christian to be suspects. Yeah. Like, 
the old guy, the, the old guy, the, the dude yeah. in the red turtleneck. You think Christian's yes. brother, um, Barbara, for a minute, you think is naughty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tons of suspects. Okay. And we can't really say that the location was urban because it was really not urban. I mean, at the end it was, I guess, right? Because not really. It was a factory. Is that urban? Nah. Okay, we're on. To, we're on to level three. There was no airplane taking off or landing. There was no animal number, color, or the word death in the title of the film. There was no funeral. There was no bathtub murder. Huh. There, was, there was a funeral. There was a funeral. Oh yes, they, there. They showed the dad's funeral in the flashback. Video. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's one of the things I wanted to mention that I that I noticed, which was that Lindsay directed the home movies as well yeah. as the film. Because here you are watching these home movies, and all of a sudden you have this eye close-up that Lindsay did like 20 times throughout the movie, and now yeah. the little version of Christian, um, he's hugging his mother, and then all of a sudden, like whoever was taking that home movie just decided to zoom in on his eyeballs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay, so no bathtub murder. Was there a car or a motorcycle chase or a race of some sort? No. Was there a chase scene? No. There was no comic relief character. Would would you consider um the There was no comic relief. Would you Unless cons- you count the chick, the first girlfriend. Yeah, but she was not intentionally comical. She was just bad. Um, when the guy who was the assassin falls off the cliff in the car, he's already dead. Yeah. So you can't call that a death from falling. No. Okay. There was no gay lesbians in the film. There were no foreigners in the film. Um, an odd clue. Were there any odd clues? No, not really. There was no pathologist. There was no peeping Tom. There was no priest. There was no pseudoscience. Um, would you consider that Christian was trying to prove his innocence? Well, hang on. Let's go back. There was a priest in the funeral scene, I think, but not a main character priest. Yeah, um, he only just has to be. He just only has to be on the screen. The pseudoscience would that be the hereditary homicide maniac mm-hmm. stuff? Totally. Okay, because it happens exactly on September thirtieth. Yes. Okay. Um, would you consider that Christian was trying to prove his innocence throughout the film, even though he wasn't innocent? He no, I don't to. think. I think he was just trying to figure out who was trying to frame him. He wasn't trying to prove his innocence to anybody. Right. He was just trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Okay. There was when no you think psych- about it, Christian was kind of an idiot. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, and he had some weird kind of reactions to things too. Yeah. Like he. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. I don't want to be in the dark. <laughs> um, there was no psychologist in the film, was there? Head shrinker? No. no, unless that's what the old man was. He said he was a reporter, 
but he was in some of the home movie stuff. And we'll just say he was a reporter. Were there any spiral stairs? I don't remember seeing any spiral staircases. I mean, even in that tower that they went to in wherever the hell that was. I don't think there was anything that was specifically spherical. Okay, and there was no there was no scene where um, the killer call made a phone call or sent a letter to somebody saying nya 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 nya. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that wasn't there. And the last one I have is. Was there any sort of visual misinterpretation? Somebody saw something and then later on they said, oh, that's what I saw. That, that didn't um, happen. Well, if you count there being a dead body on the floor and then he goes back and sees it and there's no body there and then he finds the dead body in his trunk and then it turns out the guy was never dead in the first place. Hmm. hmm. need some Jeopardy music for this one. I'm going to say no. Okay. All right. So let's update the score. And the bottom line is Spasmo receives an 81. Boom. Like that. That's I knew, awesome. I knew it was going to be high. That is great. So we, we really what's did, that in between? Um... Let's see. An 81. I'll give you the other films that have an 81. Uh, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Nice. Cat of Nine Tails. Nice. The Seven Deaths in a Cat's Eye got an 80. The Bloodstained Butterfly got an 80. And The Case of the Scorpion's Tail got an 82. And the French sex murders got an 83. <laughs> Remember when we did that? That one? is so weird. That was Look a terrible film. French sex murders and uh, Bloodstained Butterfly. It's really bizarre that they're that high. Well, Bloodstained, well, yeah, I mean, but Bloodstained that's what Butterfly. You when you copy a formula. Right. You know? So. Eyeball has an 83. Boom! The Fifth Chord has an 83. Strip Nude for Your Killer has an 83. Oh my gosh. Look at all this good company. Yeah, Death Walks at Midnight, 84, Torso, 86, Bloodstained Shadow, 86, Crimes of the Black Cat, 88, Seven Bloodstained Orchids, another Lindsay film, 88. And then we get into the cream of the crop at the 90-point level. Well, not necessarily the cream of the crop, because <laughs> the Red Queen Kill Seven Times is in here in a 91, which is a terrible film. Um, but anyway, we've got Bird, Solange... Tenebrae, Duckling, Who Saw Her Die, Four Flies, Deep Red, you know, the big ones. Let's go all the way down to the bottom. Wow. Down to the bottom we have... Death laid an egg. We have Frenzy, scored a 30. We have Bizarre, the worst (laughs) film we ever did, with a 36. Lindsay's Quiet Place to Kill got a 38. Lend, uh, Death Laden Egg, 40. Yep, you're right. To Two Faces of Fear. The Killer Must Kill Again. Footprints on the Moon. The Bat. So Sweet, So Perverse. An Ideal Place to Kill. Paranoia. Wow. Cold-Blooded Beast. Five Dolls for an August Moon. Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. All of those got under 60. 
they're in the 50s wow. or, or lower. So anyway, I really have to update this website because there are, let's see, how many films did we cover that I did not put on here? So Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll, we did not, I did not put that on. Francesca, uh, 58. Francesca got a 65. Libido got a 59. My Bloody Valentine got a 41. Spasmo, 81. Argento's Trauma got an 88. And wow. The Washing Machine got a 59. You haven't put The Washing Machine up? No. I'm <laughs> terrible, right? I have to go back and write this stuff. Like, I, I scored them all, but I didn't. The reason why they're not on the site is because I didn't write anything to go with it. Like, I didn't write an analysis of the film. Oh. Some fucking lazy, dude. All right. Well, there, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We did two films in one month, the shortest month of the year, to, to boot. Boom. And if you didn't know, there's like seven new planets that might be able to sustain life. That's right. At least three, they said. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that... One. I read somewhere that... Oh, somebody made a joke about hoping that the solar system, one of the planets on that solar system had all of this Belgian monk beer because that's what they're called. They're called Trappist monks. Nice. Well, that's where the um, the telescope that found it. Uh, yes, they name everything after that. That's true. So, yeah. But I, I read something about the fact that it would take... The 40 years. 40 years, no. 40 light years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the fastest possible spacecraft that we have at the moment would take 40,000 years to get there. Something like that. I tried yeah. to explain that to my son. He's eight. I'm like, okay, so think, think of the idea of a whole generation of people leave the Earth and get on this gigantic spaceship that's like the spaceship from the WALL-E movie where they have everything... They have an indoor pool and this whole Wasn't stuff. Wasn't there just a movie about that with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence? I didn't see it. Was it good? I didn't see it either. It looked like some just like romantic sci-fi movie. I yeah, know. I think the premise for that movie was that everybody's in some sort of stasis, right? And they're asleep yeah. for the journey. And then these two wake up and they're not going to go anywhere. But I'm thinking like for this ride out to this new solar system, I mean yeah. – You've it's got the apes. You've got at least. Well, what's the average lifespan? Well, let's, let's just let's just say for easy division, it's a hundred years. When it's really not, but let's just say it's a hundred years. So, forty thousand divided by a hundred is four thousand four hundred. So, um, well, people would probably live longer too in a ship away from our sun, because our sun is the thing that ages us. Right. So think that nine, at least 99 generations have, have to be born and die on the spaceship. And then the, the last generation can finally walk off the ship onto this planet. And then I told, I told my son, and then they might not even be able to breathe when they get there. He was like, whoa. And then I, and then I said, so, and then maybe or the there's... the star might supernova halfway between here and there. When they say that the, and they said that the star is only the size of Jupiter, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 
Also, they could just make a wormhole. Yeah. yeah. But I subscribe to the theory that if time travel or traveling by the speed of light were possible, then we would have been visited by somebody by now. We were. We were? Of course. Oh, you're one of those. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're one of those. First, we have to figure out a way to get past the Van Allen belt. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a a, a joke about uh, I'm gonna tell a Donald Trump joke. Uh -oh. I hope I don't I hope I don't offend anyone. It's not really that bad. So there are there are two refugees standing in line trying to get into the country. And the one guy turns to the other and he says, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to go and shoot Donald Trump. So he leaves, comes back five minutes later. And the other guy says, so did you do it? And he's like, no, the line for that was even longer than this one. But Dom. Hey, where's our... Where's our yeah, I know, I could have just done it. Oh, that's the wrong effect. Yes. The line for that one was even longer than this one. There you go. Ha, 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 ha. I'll edit that in post. Oh. Train wreck. Alright. Um Happy Trails. So I don't know what we're doing next. I guess I get to pick it, yeah? Yeah, if you want to pick. Uh, but I don't know what I want to pick, so I'll think about it. <sighs> Maybe we'll pull the audience. We haven't we haven't pulled the audience in a while. How many audience members do we have live? One. It's been the same one, and I'm assuming it's Jason. Okay. What should we do next? He hasn't he hasn't said a word on the chat. We're we're polling him right now. <laughs> okay. I just typed it in, but I don't know if he'll respond. I think you just typed that to me. I did. Huh? Creep Creeperson joined the group chat. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> We're waiting. Uh, well, I'll uh, I'll come up with some. Yeah, I'll, think about it. I'll come up with some some ideas, maybe three or four, and we'll poll the group and see. And oh, yeah. um, we'll do all of them eventually. So sweet, I guess. Blech. Oh, it's terrible. So, okay, everybody. Cheers to the bourbon. Cheers. And until next time, ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao, ciao from Super Dad. Yay.